1: Good, everybody. Welcome to Believe in Celtics. I'm your host Warren Shaw. Alongside me is the great Gary Washburn. As always, we are your and resources for everything Boston Celtics this season and all seasons. Gary is fresh back from the West Coast. Had that California sunshine on Christmas Day. Celtics get two L.A. wins. Gary, how are you, my guy? Good to see you.
0: Really good. Really good. Uh, yeah. Uh, spending uh, West Coast, Chris on the West Coast last week, but way to go uh, for the Celtics go three and one some interesting games, a lot to talk about uh, kind of cleaning up in LA and then getting the Kings after that warriors loss. So um, a really, really uh, I would say a positive trip. It could have gone a little bit better, but uh, for the Celtics, but th- for them to um, come back and beat Sacramento on the back to back by 25 points then beat the Clippers by 37. I know Kawhi was not in that game, but yep. still you're talking about, you know, George Westbrook and Harden all played in that game. And then, you know, they kind of put away the Lakers without much suspense. You know, a game they won by 11. It didn't go down to the wire. I think Warren maybe last year, Celtics team kind of plays around with that game a little bit much, and, and then it ends up being suspenseful and maybe going down to the final minutes. But this one, they took care of business, and then now you get two days off, and uh, our friends come in from Detroit who, uh, <laughs> you know. They don't
1: tongue-in-cheek
0: yeah you don't say too many positive things about Detroit because they haven't been very good over the last decade or so but it's all it's at an all-time low and now they're making all the headlines for all the wrong reasons.
1: All the wrong reasons, indeed, and we will absolutely get to that here in a little bit in the show. So, but as always, got to do our plugs. Make sure you follow my guy Gary at G Watch from Globe on X. You follow me at Shaw Sports NBA as well. Too make sure you follow at Believe or I Believe Network. Um, make sure you give the show a five star rating, whatever your podcast platform is out there. And we're gonna switch things up here a little bit this week. on Believe in Celtics new new rules, if you will. Um, we're gonna because Gary and I we're, we're 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 aficionados of the NBA. So we feel like it's a disingenuous to only talk about so this. We can give you some conversation and our opinions that are things that are happening around the league, maybe even as they relate to the Celtics to some degree. But in this case, we're going to kind of start off with some news that's kind of, kind of burning in the in the in the X. I keep, I want to say Twitter, but in the X atmosphere, if you will. And Gary, what do you make about the Kevin Durant' potential situation in, in Phoenix? Are you hearing these rumors that he's unhappy? Bradley Bill has been injured. And all this stuff everywhere he goes, turmoil <laughs> seems to follow. What what are you hearing out there in these in, in these NBA streets when it comes to Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns?
0: Yeah, I don't think he. I don't. I don't think anyone's surprised. I mean, they just haven't played well. They're a five hundred team. Um, Bradley Bradley Beal's played six games. Uh, Durant at thirty five, coming off a torn Achilles a few years ago, is the most durable player out of the three. You know, because Booker's missed also missed some games, and I just think that. I kind of think we all knew that it was going to be, you know, you could put them together and oh, they're they're a juggernaut now. But Bill is turned, you know, Bill's been a guy who's been hurt the last few years. You know, he had the wrist injury. I think he had a hamstring that took him out a couple of years ago. He's a guy who's just becoming often injured, and when you have that guy, and I, I covered a guy like that, where it kind of crept, you know, it was a major injury for a guy like Gordon Hayward when hmm. um you know he had the broken leg and i was there for that he was extremely durable in his years in utah once he got to boston he just hasn't been able to stay healthy consistently and i think that that might be what happening to bill and i think with, with kevin durant i'm sure he's just frustrated They're they're not playing well they lost the other night to dallas um i i, I think we all knew their bench wasn't going to be that strong when you when you make all those trades you give up all the picks and the you know you give up Guys like Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges, and you're replacing them, you know, with guys who are maybe not as good, the Okogies and the Metus, and guys that haven't really done much in other places, but maybe you're giving them a shot. It just isn't going to work, and they never, you know, they don't really have much of a backup point guard. They kind of, you know, dismissed Campaign, who's now in um, Milwaukee. Yep. Uh, you know, they don't have that. That real wing, they, you know, they Grayson Allen, who I think is 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 done okay for them, Um, and they've got Yerkit, you know, who, who's who's had his moments, but they're just to me, they're an average team in the West, and that's what their record says. And you know, I don't see anything Warren extraordinary. So I understand why Kevin's frustrated, but he can't, you know, like he, you don't want to be hardened like here, right? You don't want to be the guy over your career, who asked Out of every every time it got tough, you got going. Yeah. And, you know, he got out of Oklahoma City because he wanted to win. He goes to the rival. He gets a lot of flack for that. Then he's like, well, I don't like this thing with Draymond. I'm getting out of Golden State. I want my own team. It's Steph's team. It'll never be my team. Didn't work in Brooklyn. You know, that was supposed to be the place. Now, well, get me out of here. I'm ready to go to Phoenix, a new start back on the West coast, a team that has never won a title. And now, well, I got problems here now too. Like, like, like you got to say, come on, Kevin, like, you know, you got to stick it out somewhere. And I, and I just think this is what you created. Um, and you got to hope that Bill gets back from that ankle injury and maybe the second half of the season, last 35, 40 games, you can put together a nice run and maybe getting one top four seeds. But for now, they're an average ball club, Warren.
1: Gary, let me ask you this. I mean, just so are, are are you confirming that that's something that you are hearing out there as well too? That he is frustrated because I mean it's reported, but
0: he One has he said that. Goes, I don't know. I'm not saying he's asked for a trade. I think he's unquestionably frustrated. I think that the fact that they just haven't matched up well with some of the top teams. I mean, they lost to the Lakers in the play-in tournament. They had a you know they lo- fell behind on Christmas night against the, the Mavericks, like. The Suns are an average team, and mm-hmm. we can, you know, talk about oh potentially, but this is not all the potential. The Minnesota Timberwolves, are the best team in the West right now, yes, and that's yeah. the facts. Now, did we expect that? No. Did we think that could could it even out once the the season continues and ends? Yeah, but there's a lot of teams coming for that number one spot or coming for the playoffs. I mean, we can we can talk about. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies, four in a row since Josh's come, Josh come back. They're four and a half out of the play We laughed at them in the first, you know, 25 games and, and where they were a joke. And, you know, they're done. They're making a run. Like, teams are coming up now. I mean, Oklahoma City, um, you know, Houston is a team. You know, they're five. They're 15 and 13. Like, Like, Phoenix is in a big group of teams that are basically, you know, average. And they're going to have to figure out, are they going to be above average and try to get a top four seed or staying at six, seven, eight range where they're maybe in the play in or they're playing on the road in the first round?
1: Yeah. And they're unfortunately their plan has not come together. Obviously, not having Beal is just just a huge part because it that's what makes it work. Being able to have two of those three guys out there on a consistent basis and when you just only have two of those guys on a pseudo consistent basis, I wouldn't even say on a consistent basis that makes it especially tough for the Phoenix suns to, to enact the, the, the progress that they expected to have. I think at this stage of the season, we all walked in thinking they're going to probably have a historical offense, but it was all predicated on them all being there. So it's been really, really tough sledding, but I think it is interesting to hear that Durant um, is frustrated, but you don't, you just don't know exactly what that means because yeah, you're right. There are 500 teams didn't expect to be 500, but like you said, is he asking out? No, that's not where it's at. He's just frustrated that the situation hasn't gone the way that it has, that it, that they expected it to. But is there another move for them to make? And the answer to that really is not really. There's just they don't have any more assets to kind of Nothing. do anything. So um, they just need those guys to get healthy and then see. I, I think they'll still be scary and have some some say in how the Western Conference is determined, but um, that will not happen unless they have all three of those guys. Let's transition now, G, two. The Lakers, a team with the Celtics, played recently on Christmas Day, and we'll talk about that game in a little bit. Um, but more so, we've been hearing the rumors ever since they started to the struggle. Then they kind of righted the track a little bit for the in-season tournament, won the in-season tournament, and then won, you know, and then have lost, I think, five of their last seven games or something to that effect, right? Chains are starting in lineup, going all big. Gabe Vincent is now out for six to eight weeks. Um, he came back and is, you know, promptly left again. Uh, They were in the Zach Levine. I wouldn't even call them sweepstakes, but they were in the Zach Levine sniffing around to see if that would make sense, whether that be Caruso, whether that be DeRozan. But now Shams um, comes and drops that DeJounte Murray from the Atlanta Hawks might be a trade target. Now, you've been in this game a long time. And when I say this game, this writing game and understanding what teams are trying to put out there. Who's putting this out there about Dejounte Murray? <laughs> because that seems to be coming out of left field for me. Doesn't Murray doesn't fit the the, the quintessential shooter that LeBron needs around him? You know, so he does the play creation, I guess, but it's a really weird kind of a strange name. Other than the clutch, um, you know, link that that's there between Dejounte and LeBron. Where's this even coming from?
0: It might be that clutch link. It might be the fact that you kind of look around the league, Warren, and it hasn't worked in um, Atlanta. You know, the Hawks are an average ball club, and the Hawks are 12 and 18. I mean, and they've been mostly healthy, right? I mean, I don't think they've I – mean, I know DeAndre Hunter's been out. Uh, they've had some knickknacks, but this Jaylen is a Johnson team. Too. Yeah, this is yeah, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson, but not Trey and not Jante. They've been mostly – Clint Capella, I think, has been mostly healthy. Like, this is a team that's six games under 500 and just got passed by Chicago. We – we ripped Chicago. Chicago, I think, was off to a five and fourteen start. Now they're fourteen and eighteen, so they're playing good ball. They're they're without Levine, which is another interesting note to to, to talk about. But the Hawks are sinking, and they got to figure out what to do. You know, um, their defense has just been terrible. The Quinn Snyder effect has not not uh, kicked in. I think people thought once they had that that strong series or that six-game series with the Celtics, and they were going to, uh, you know, build off that and then come back and have a really good season, be maybe a contender for the maybe the fourth or fifth seed. And, you know, they are out of the playoffs at the season into today, 30 games in. And so they got to figure out what to do in Atlanta. Is the Murray thing going to work? And then if you're the Hawks, I think you'll be open to that. Austin Reed... Yeah, Austin Reeves maybe. Get some young, fresh legs in there. Get some more scoring. Maybe get a defender. Maybe if you want to pry Jared Vanderbilt. Or I know Hachimura is a guy that, you know, and I'm not crazy about Hachimura. I mean, I think he's okay. I think, you know, being a lottery pick, and and I think people expected him in Washington to be kind of a cornerstone that never worked out. You know, now he's kind of a fourth or fifth option with the Lakers. Do you give him more of a responsibility and it, does the salaries match if you add him and a guy like Reeves or something like that? Like, there's some possibilities here. And I think the Lakers should consider it. I seen the Lakers the other night, Warren. Like, they just they have a lot of guys, right? Rob Plink has put together a lot of guys, okay? The Vanderbilts, the Torian Princes, uh, the our friend D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Hachimura, um, Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood. But guys who don't really make an overall impact, guys who have all bounced around the league, except for Reeves, obviously, who was, who's turned into a really good player. But guys who have bounced around the league, been here, been there, been depended on to be a cornerstone, guys who have been lottery. Pick, it just They just don't have that number three guy. And I just thought and that was a perfect example of the Celtic game, Warren, where A.D., was unstoppable, 40 points, I think 13, 14 boards, protected the rim, but the, the Celtics said, yeah, AD, get yours. LeBron was tired. LeBron had had to go and score 40 points for them to beat Oklahoma City in the last game of that road trip that they called kind of a must win. They put all their chips into that game, came back on Christmas Day, and LeBron didn't have much left, and that's the byproduct of being 38, almost 39. He is still a top two to three player in the league. We all know that. Okay, we can argue that if you think he's three or two or maybe somebody might say four. But what he does for that team is un. there's no comparison to anyone in the history of the league what he does at age 30, almost 39 for his team. And, and, and maybe you could put a Tom Brady going to, go to the NFL and guys yeah. you know, in other sports. And, yeah. But in the NBA, <laughs> have never seen this. Have never seen a 38-year-old be the number one option on his team. Um because I think what, what Kobe retired at, I think at 38, 37, 38, and he was, you know, he was he was struggling with injuries or whatever. So you could maybe put a Kobe comparison there, but but that but that team didn't have championship aspirations. That team was kind of just just going through the motions. So if you're the set the the set the, the Lakers they didn't have it LeBron didn't have it that day, and there was nobody else to really pick up the slack. Torian Prince had five threes, but Hachimura was two for Hachimura. I think took nine three pointers. Why? D'Angelo Russell comes in, hits a couple of jumpers, but but I mean, someone was asking me what I thought of D'Angelo Russell, and I just think a waste is just a waste of time. Like a guy with you see the skill set, Warren. We've seen the skill set ever since he was a you know at Ohio State, and 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 just a a guy who. You see it, but it just don't translate that one year in Brooklyn when he made yep. the all-star.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he made
0: the all-star team. He had something to play for, but he's just so like so chill. And 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 so he come, you know. I just I just don't see a championship club, even though the playing tournament went real well for them. LeBron was at his highest level, ad was at his highest level, Reeves played well. I looked at that team in person for the first time, or for a second, I saw some in-season tournament and thought, man, they need—they might need a shakeup. You know, they got guys. we I mean, Prince. I like Torian Prince. I like Jared Vanderbilt. Hachimura, you know, Austin Reeves' score. You know, Christian Woods out the rotation. Remember, that was, was supposed to be a difference maker. Jackson Hayes, a guy who's just never yeah. developed, developed zero offensive game. I mean, Jackson Hayes is a guy who can't hit an eight-foot jumper. He's in his fourth or fifth year in the league. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, it's it's great to be an athlete, but if that's all you are in the league, like you're going to be Bismack Biombo. You're going to be a guy who just bounces around and helps out here and there. So to me, they got to they make a change.
1: I mean, I think it's really interesting because going into the season, a lot of us, and yours truly included, is like, oh, well, they do have a lot of guys. And these guys potentially could fit together, um, and I think a lot of that was maybe off the equity Polinka had built at the trade deadline last year, where the Lakers really turned things around after they moved Westbrook. So it's like, all right, well, he kind of knows what he's doing. He resigned this one. He brought this one in. All these these parts seem to fit. Cam Reddish, et cetera, et cetera, especially for the yeah, price that they got that.
0: Cam Reddish, who played well. Yeah, Nothing against Cam Reddish, it seems like he's found a home there.
1: Yeah. So I mean, going into it, like, all right, but I think, as you alluded to, to me, there were signs of trouble the first two weeks into the season. When they like, oh, we need a third guy. I was like, well, wait a minute. You just had you just brought in nine guys. Yeah. <laughs> None of these guys make it work. In essence, so you feel that you're at, at a championship level, but you're seeing that here now. Hence the Dejounte Murray, you know, potential trade rumors. Again, I'm sure they're still going to be sniffing around in Chicago in whatever capacity, whether that's Levine or DeRozan, Caruso, whatever. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago as well too. We'll see how our friends in the program Gold ultimately fare and what they ultimately do here to improve their roster. But This is the Boston Celtics podcast, so we're going to get to more Celtics news here right after the break. Again, make sure you're tapping in with my guy, G. Washburn Globe on Twitter slash X. Follow me at Sports NBA. We'll be right back here on Believe in Celtics. And we're back here on Believe in Celtics, shifting our attention here now to Boston and uh, things that have happened with this roster here since the last time we had our show. Uh, So last time we spoke, we were previewing the games in L.A. Um, as Gary alluded to in the outset here, uh, two games in L.A., two wins. Uh, beat beat the Clippers pretty handily without Kawhi Leonard. And then a, a Christmas Day performance that was interesting because I heard you, G. I, we, I saw you on, on, on Twitter as well, too, you know, talking. But it was so interesting that the halftime show of the Lakers game was talking about Boston shooting too many threes. Like Stephen A. and Wilbon were like beside themselves with the amount of threes that were going on. I was watching the game with my family, and I was—I and I had a counter in my head. I think it was sometime in the second quarter, and I was talking to my son. I said, "Look, look, they've shot ten straight positions, ten straight threes. They haven't even tried <laughs> to, to shoot shoot a, a mid range or even get to the basket." And, and the Lakers got back into the game at that point. So that, to me, I think was really interesting. But it is amazing, and it's so great when it's going down. But there's there seems to be something about this that even now. Other media are kind of catching on to Boston's um, three-point um, affinity, let's call it, <laughs> I think for now. What was your thoughts, you know, kind of more on that standpoint? And, and and like again, the Clippers game, we can kind of like kind of tuck away. But the Celtics responded in the third quarter of that, of that Lakers game after shooting too many threes in, in probably both of our opinions in, in that second quarter when they weren't falling. They, they shifted things up. They got to the basket some in and out basketball. Then the threes did start to come down again as well, too just how you think the team responded in that second half against the Lakers to put that game away.
0: Yeah. I just thought that they played smart basketball. They attacked them end, they got to the free throw line and they played well defensively. I just think they, they, they limited. Cause, cause I, I, I was looking, it was like Torian Prince, I think hit five threes. His fifth three by the early third quarter. And you're just like, Oh, Oh, it could be one of those games where he goes off. And I think that was a season high for threes in a game, but he didn't hit another one. And then Hachimura, Got some, have a lot of looks. I think he started zero for seven. I think he had his last two kind of in garbage time, um, and then LeBron just couldn't fit it. I just think defensively was where I thought the game was won, mm. and and you look at it, and I think what we what we've seen is the Celtics can win different ways. And if you look at the Clippers game, they shot fifty three three pointers. Okay. Uh they made 25. They shot the lights out. They made they, they shot 47% from three. If you shoot 53s and you hit 47 of them, Warren, we all know that's probably gonna mean you're gonna win the game. Against the Lakers, they hit 13. They were 13 for 42, 31 percent. But they shot 50% from the field. They attacked the two, the they attacked the two-point line, they attacked the rim. I'm sorry, they got to the free throw line 28 times. Um, you know, they picked up 11. Like, they did all the little things you have to do to win. And they, they stepped up and, and, and were good defensively. So, to me, if you look at the games that they were most dominant offensively and you they were impressive, the Kings game, they shot 42 threes, and the Lakers game, they shot 42 threes. That's not a lot for them, as we know. They're, they can go on the 50s. They went to the 58 against the Warriors and 53 against the Clippers. I thought – the Lakers game was a, an example of the impact of Porzingis. Okay, the 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 impact of Drew Holiday and Derek White attacking the rim, and then them being selective with their threes. Yeah, did they take a lot And this. But I've seen this team take more than forty-two, so I didn't think forty-two was all that much. All right. right? Today's NBA, right? <laughs> today's NBA and today's Celtics, right? Forty-two yeah. is loaf is a low number and but people who haven't seen him is like that's a lot of threes and I get it it is a lot of threes and in 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 the game maybe 10 years ago but for this team it's not a lot and um I thought that they were impressive they scored at the rim let me do my 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 math here they were 33 for 49 at the rim and sorry in two pointers I mean that's impressive. Yep. That's how you win ball games, and they hit 21 free throws, so they got to the free throw line. So to me, um, you know, they were overall good. And then defensively, um, you know, the the Lakers were were solid at times. With the with the Lakers, kind of felt you know, two. If you look at the Joe Missoula, you know, formula, 25 point quarters. He loves those. The state, the Lakers had two of those, 25 points or under. So if you're the Celtics, a good defensive game, along with a strong offensive game at the, at the rim and on twos, victory.
1: For sure, for sure, and I think in another way too, you know, a lot of things to talk about that game, but we will keep pressing. I mean, Porzingis was immense. He played in a, a, a great basketball game. Struggled from his actual spot. He had a lot of great open looks from the three point line and didn't hit all those those shots. Ultimately, go down and put push that percentage up. But I think just even what he did um, to get into the lane to get to the free throw line at times as well too was immense. It was a great. I wouldn't say a coming out party because I think that the, the word is out here, but national TV game to see the way direct white performed as well too. Um even the television broadcast, just talking about how immense he was um the intangibles, all the things that he does, mm-hmm. even blocking shots as a guard as well too. And we will have to get to that. And I think in another episode as we were able to, but let's transition here now, you know, overall good road trip for, for, for the seas. They come home now uh, three games here over the next week Two, two at home, uh, Detroit Pistons, Toronto Raptors and the San Antonio Spurs on uh, New Year's Eve, if you will, too, um, against, you know, the, the Phenom, you know, Webanyama. So the problem here is you come off that road trip, you feel pretty good, right? Well, what are they like? Eight of their, what is it? Seven or eight, eight out of their last nine, you know, W's here right now. Mm-hmm. So they're riding mm-hmm. riding a high, but this Detroit Pistons team is riding the lowest of those and they are desperate. A lot of things can this this is like if this has trap game written all over it. Oh, totally. you know, for me, coming off the home. West Coast trip, yeah, twenty seven in a row at home. You're undefeated at home. There's so many things in the ethos here. So I'm sure you were at practice and we'll be at shoot around and all those things. What have you have you garnered anything from this from the Celtics perspective? Like, hey. Not us. We don't want to be the ones where this streak ends.
0: Well, as we all well, as they released today, like Jason and Jalen are both questionable. Jalen with that back injury he sustained against the uh Lakers when LeBron need him in the back, a play I really have never seen before. Yeah, weird. That was an weird. NFL type. That was an NFL type play. And then Jason with left ankle management. He obviously sprained his ankle against the Warriors. The Warriors uh, yeah. tweaked it a little bit. Um against the Clippers. And and uh, when we fouled on the I think he got fouled on three pointers three times. and fouled on one of those three pointers. So do you sit those guys and get ready for a rough and tumble game against Toronto? Do you take a chance? Like I think the Celtics, and I think if you're Joe Missoula, you put all your chips in the middle and say, listen, guys, like we cannot lose this game. We do not want to be on Sports Center for the wrong reason. We do not want to be the headlines. We don't want them celebrating our court. We do not want them to break the streak here. With and then you're talking about the Elias, you know, tomorrow the game. Warren might be the biggest, maybe one of the biggest point spreads ever in the history of the league. Now, surprises like, like you know, I've, I've seen over the years 16.5. This might be 20 plus. You know, if you depending on a Tatum and Brown play, this might yeah, be 20 plus. That has to push the line somewhat. Yes, right. This could be the highest point spread because you're talking about a team 23 and six against a team two and 28, but they've played competitively. They've just kind of fallen apart in the, in the fourth quarter of a couple of games, Their games against Brooklyn the and Utah. So you're right, Warren, a trap game. If you're the Celtics, I think their mentality is let's get this one. You know, we can rep maybe rest a guy here or there against Toronto then get ready for that San Antonio trip that also ends in Oklahoma City, which will be a juggernaut of a game against the Thunder. But you look at the Celtics; they play two of the league's worst teams in the next three games. You You've got to start getting just stealing okay. Let's get those wins. Let's take it in because they've had a really hard schedule, right? They, have you had to play Detroit? Have to play San Antonio? Have yet had to play a lot of the league's bad teams? And now they're, the league's struggling teams are going to start coming up on their schedule. The Utah comes up; they got two with Indiana. You know, then they got a game at Milwaukee, which will be interesting in a couple of weeks. So. To me, if I'm the Celtics, and I think their mentality is let's not lose, let's not take this lightly. Let's not lose this one. I think they know if you punch first and you get them down, you probably knock them out. But if you let them hang around and Kay Cunningham had 41, yeah, he's, he's a special tank. And, and they yeah. got eight and they got eight lottery picks. I just did the they have late eight on their roster warrant, eight guys taking the lottery. That's talent. Now, are they good? No. Do they have talented young players? Yes. Do they play together well? No. Okay. Are, are many of them disappointments? Yes. But for that one night, it could happen. You gotta be careful.
1: No, I agree a thousand percent on that one because yeah, I, I don't think their mix of talent makes a whole lot of sense, especially with the bigs, the front court there. Um, but they're desperate. This is not like the 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 you know the, the trust the process 76ers the Pistons are trying to win. <laughs> They're trying to win, especially now, you know, as they've in this dubious, d- dubious distinction here, you know, with all these losses mounted against them and Monty Williams, who I think is one of the better just individuals, you know, in, in the, in the league. It's really, really rough to kind of see him going through this situation yeah, I mean, here right now. He was. It's really tough, but, uh hey, all's fair in love and war. Uh, and not 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 in the garden, sir. That that, that cannot happen. That cannot happen. Yeah, they, you gotta
0: make sure. You gotta you gotta take this game seriously. I think they will. They got two days off. You're right. Coming home, you're 14 and oh. You want to defend home court, uh, and the worst team and probably since those uh process Sixers come in, you but you can't, it's too easy to take it lightly. I think. Even even the most confident Celtic says, you know what, this is just too easy for me to like, let's not sleep on this.
1: Yeah, no, you absolutely cannot. Then, um, you know, before we close out here again, Toronto Raptors come back. So third meeting, I guess, I guess um, the Raptors here um, again, Raptors always tough. You know, tough. Uh, they, they, they've, they've been slipping a little bit. But again, they know we know they have size. Mostly healthy thing going into the matchup with Pirtle and, and 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 Anobi and Scotty Barnes playing his best basketball of, of his of his young career. Siakam may be taking a little bit of a step back as Barnes is starting to elevate, but um, this is a tough Raptors team. Uh, they're going through their own struggles here as well too. <laughs> I think their head coach was 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 caught up in a in a media situation the other night and talking about their rotation and we don't have Steph Curry coming off the bench and so forth. So again, another team that. While while talented and while large in terms of size, another team Boston should be able to beat, especially at home. But yes, in a back to back off of what we don't know how that Pistons game will ultimately go, I think that's going to be another tough matchup as well. Too your, your thoughts on that one, really quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Toronto's Toronto. If anything, Warren, they're big and physical with Barnes and Ananobi, who uh, and and Siakam and Purdle. And then Gary Trent can always do it. Tennis Schroeder always got, you know, an axe to grind against his former team. So they can put together every now and then a really good game. And right now, obviously, they're 11 and 18. Uh, They're 3 and 9 away from Toronto. Um, They're a team that's been a disappointment in transition. We all know what are they going to do with Ananobi? What are they going to do with Siakam? Are they going to rebuild around those guys or just kind of blow it up like other teams have done? They've kind of been. They've been in between. It's like, okay, Toronto, this is not a title team, and this is probably not a playoff team. What are you guys going to do? And you're not going to get major free agents to take, even though you might have the max. You might get one here and there, but you're not going to get. Unfortunately, and Toronto's a great city. You're not going to get major free agents to get to Canada uh, like that on that level. So you've got to figure out how to make assets because you let Fred, Fred go for nothing. You let him just walk. That was a big mistake, you know. Uh, to, in my opinion, I think if you if you knew he was going to lead, you you get some kind of you know, something for him, right? Draft picks, uh, one of those young players in Houston, just someone who can and help build your build your roster there. But I think the the Raptor it's a dangerous game. You, you know, this I've been around enough Celtic Raptor games to know that Toronto's physical. They do not like the Celtics, especially after that three point sorry that challenge that Missoula did that uh Ir- irk their coach and Eric schroeder so there's going to be some you know ill will They're 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 rested. the sales is coming off a of back-to-back so it should be a good interesting game not an easy game
1: yeah i mean you, you talk about it sometimes you just throw the records out because you know there's just an act an axe yeah. to grind you know i think with certain teams and boston has that reputation i don't know if you saw and this is kind of taking it off tangent but you know maybe an off-air conversation or another um but the og podcast started mike miller and Udonis has them, and there's a segment in there. I'm I'm, I'm a text it to you. Haslam just more or less says, I do not like that team. And yeah. he's just like, he does not like boss. And, yeah. and I, I'd be inter- I'd be curious to kind of like learn at some point, kind of like what that sentiment is, sentiment is kind of like league wide with certain players, whatever, like some people just feel like the fans. But anyway, that's a conversation for another time. Another, another time. Uh, before, we, before we wrap up here, the last game that we'll preview here before the new year, um, they'll potentially see, you know, the, rookie of the year incumbent potentially in Victor Wembanyama coming in. What are you looking forward to that? Um we're not coming in. They'll be in San Antonio, excuse me. That game is on the road and Celtics have have, have had some interesting times in San Antonio over the years. Yeah. Um but uh, this is a different Spurs team. Uh, v- very young, still trying to find their way here. Obviously Wemby is 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 the star attraction there. Um but you don't want to end up on his highlight reel as well, too, right? You just yeah, that's a rookie. He can do what he needs to do, but you got to get that W as well, too. Especially with OKC, you know, you know, two nights, two nights from that yes,
0: important, game. Need- important game, Warren. Um, and when I mean the Spurs are talented. It, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of they shouldn't be as bad. Yeah, you know, you got Keldon Johnson, you got Devin Vassell, you got Trey Jones, you got Yama. you got Zach Collins, Collins you got Sohan. Doug,
1: Hand.
0: Yeah. Sohan, you got Doug McDermott coming off the bench. You know, you've got guys who can play the game. You, I'm not talking about they should be, you know, uh, what, what are they, you know, 15 or 14, but maybe, you know, I, I, you know, they should have maybe eight, nine wins as opposed to four, right? They should be better than they are. So, Nate, I saw them. I watched the game on team when they beat the Lakers um, at home. So, they're another dangerous team, and the crowd's going to be into it, New Year's Eve, Win Biyama, I don't know. You know, does he match up with Porzingis? How does that look? You know, uh, but another kind of dangerous game for the Celtics before they head uh spend their new years, I'm sure, there, then head to Oklahoma City. So they got to be careful over these next three or four games, Warren. Um, and not not trip up. No, don't do what you've done in the past, take care of business, and then make it easy on yourselves.
1: Absolutely. Gotta stay healthy. Um, play the game to the best of your ability, and I think with effort. Um, defense defensive rebounding. They can definitely win all three of these games, but again, they will not be easy as both of the, all three of these teams have something um, that they're playing for. Pistons trying to break that losing streak. The Raptors and Spurs both have size and that has bothered, bothered Boston in, in the past. So we'll see how they fare. Um, that'll do it here for this week's edition of Believe in Celtics. As always, make sure you follow my guy, G. Washburn on X, on X at G. Washburn globe. Follow me at Shaw Sports NBA. We appreciate you so much for tapping here with Believe in Celtics. Hope you enjoy the new format. We'll definitely catch you in the new year and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Thank you